0: Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're gonna talk about.
1: Hey there, buddy, what are you doing? What's up there, brother? brother! <laughs> So, what's happening on your most glorious Monday? Uh, oh, really? <laughs> That's a good place to start.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, you know, uh, between having an elderly dog and oh, a. Yeah. And it, if your kid's a month old, is it newborn? Still newborn? Yes. Yeah. You know, I like it's like the whole thing with like, you know, how long do you count in months when you tell like, Oh, they're 26 months, uh, to t- two years. Yeah. That's, months, I know, you know? some people, some people get a little crazy with that the, stuff. So so okay. Newborn, you know, being up, uh, yeah. Like uh three o'clock in the morning. Oh. Mm. Now I will say too, some of that is self-inflicted because, uh, Uh, I was watching, going through all this, I was watching a show on Apple Plus called uh, Mystic Quest. Okay. Which it sounds like, okay, I'm not really, I'm really not into the the whole like sci-fi fantasy stuff, but it's about, it's the same people who did Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, great show. Yeah. Oh, no, this is, this is along those lines, but it's about. Uh, a video game, kind of like a,
1: a a first, like a like a what's it called?
0: Kind of like Fortnite
1: or whatnot. Like an art is that like is that like a um? Because I you know I'm not adept with the whole video game thing, but is it what they refer to as an RPG?
0: Yes, and and they they've developed it's it, like one the one of the guys from from Always Sunny, the guy with the beard. He he's the creative director of the video game and. So we we watched like ten episodes. Oh man! Yeah, we didn't start till like ten. Oh, <laughs> but, but the but the episodes are. Hold on, wait. The episodes are um
1: are like thirty minutes long. So sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like when you're watching. That's like watching Arrested Development yeah you turn yeah. it you turn it on or, or like shit's Creek you turn it on and the episodes like if you watch it on Netflix the each episodes like twenty two minutes
0: <laughs> and you know there was a there was a time at like episode six or seven like you know it's getting a little late probably should call it nah there can't. Be, oh yeah I know yep. there can't be that many more episodes and then it's like oh this is the end nope there's another one this is the So I'm on episode 10.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many series that are like that that we've gotten into. I mean, everything like Lord of the Rings. Not Lord of the Rings. I mean, uh, Game of Thrones. It's so... We got into it so late. It had already been on. Oh, that's right.
0: I I remember giving you shit about that all the time.
1: Dude, I don't think that we even got into it until they were already on season like three or four. We finally, and all these, it was just like with the, we were talking about this just in the past couple of weeks. It was like with, with walking dead. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't even, all of our friends were like, what was it? It was on Sunday nights, I think. Yeah. And, and you're like, how
0: have you not seen this before?
1: Well, that was the thing is that I was, I've never really been into like the whole horror gore blow thing. I mean, whatever. uh So I didn't seem, it didn't seem very interesting to me. Uh, But we would have friends who, when it was Sunday night, man, they were out. Like, we'd be hanging out on the front porch, right in the neighborhood, like at the end of our cul-de-sac, having a good time. As soon as it was like seven o'clock, this was West Coast. And I mean, people were, you know, I think it was like seven o'clock at night or something. All of a sudden, people are like, we're out. We got to go. Show's on. And it didn't matter what we were in the middle of, they were done. And we were always like, yeah, whatever same thing as soon as we what? started watching it we got hooked like you're saying and when you're when you're trying to catch up with a series much like what you're describing you find yourself in that position where you start getting sucked into the storyline and the characters and all of that stuff i and uh, like i say with with uh game of thrones dude it was like i almost needed a court order to get us to stop watching it every time like every <laughs> night. Because you're sitting there watching it and you're just like, you have to find out at the end of every freaking episode, dude. You're like, what's what's gonna happen?
0: We have dun, to know dun, what's gonna dun,
1: happen. Dun. Oh yeah. I mean and that of course is the sign of great well, writing. I mean
0: And on Game of Thrones, did you ever get into the uh the intro? Mm, the intro is absolutely the precursor- that had all like
1: yeah, for the episode to come.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm
1: yeah, mm-hmm. with the map and everything, and it would show you all the the, the mechanical castles and stuff that would come but popping up. And that's the precursor.
0: That... What's going to happen in the in the show? Right.
1: Like that's what's going to happen in this episode is these locations. Yeah, yeah I, th- I always thought that that was a really neat uh, Cause sort of a thing. You don't. Oh, I don't think you noticed it at first, but after a while, you're like,
0: "Oh, that's kind of cool." Ozark, same way. Really. <laughs> Those symbols at the beginning of each episode.
1: Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. I was going to yeah. say, I was like, I'm trying to remember what the intro to that was. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. It has like four sort of pictures and it, each one of them is about what some facet of the episode that you're going to watch. Yeah, and, uh,
0: and the the other, not last night, but this weekend, because, you know, we usually talk about what we did the weekend. I'm telling you right now, there, there. it's been a long time uh, where there's a television show that i'm yearning for the next episode, right and i'm actually glad that i can't binge it yeah and and uh it's on Apple plus as well this is this by by the way we 're not sponsored by Apple at all, but um, <laughs> don't be mistaken we're not <sighs> sponsored by anyone <laughs> nope nope uh but uh it's Ted lasso.
1: Ted Lasso.
0: That's the yes. name of the show. Yes, and it's based right. off of uh, NBC. During football season last year, had Jason Sudeikis. He was on um, on Saturday Night Live, where he mm-hmm. was a he was a football coach from America, and he gets sent over to England, right, to coach football, soccer.
1: Oh, okay,
0: yeah. So. So wow. they, they ended up making a TV show series about it. Oh, okay. And it's amazing. Really? It is amazing. Uh, so amazing that I would say I am going to institute in my life some of the things that this <laughs> character
1: is about. This I'm... sounds like this is affecting you in a very deep way, man. <laughs> <laughs> like... So I have decided that I'm going to enter the chrysalis. I will be reborn, dude. I'm, I, I'm oh, telling man. you. Uh, yeah, the ride, are you gonna become? Like, are you gonna become a? Are you gonna become a Wicked Wic- too?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 more of a it's more of a like a leadership. You know, it's like wow, like holy crap. Yeah. yeah, I I don't want to, you know, I don't know if you have Apple. No, no, I not, I know what but, you mean. I
1: but, know what but, you uh,
0: mean. But but it's more of like a like this the this dude's attitude, uh, and approach
1: on life. is. Well, that's you know that's yeah. I mean that's that's like uh, that's like Vince Lombardi. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't, oh, and when I no, say no. that, I'm it is not like he's now it's
0: just this his way of doing it. You know, it's yeah, right.
1: No, I'm just saying, I'm saying that I don't want to give too much
0: away. No, no, because that's, yeah.
1: in case you watch it. I'm just saying that it's it, it's interesting because these people that we, you know, these people that as as a leader, as a leader, you're always looking yes. for examples that have been, you know, examples that have been established of of good le- of solid leadership before you.
0: Yeah, because you're looking and for I, inspiration. And, and you're-
1: from their from their experience and even being in the military uh requires leadership regardless and it doesn't matter what rank you are or whatever you you know you're we always we always used to say when i was in the corps that if you've got two marines together one of them is in charge and uh so what, really, what you end up with is you're like I say, you're looking for examples of, of of leadership, and they don't they're not always necessarily military leaders. Like I say, it could be somebody like Vince Lombardi, who was an amazing leader of men. And... John John Wooden, UCLA basketball coach. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's exactly those are the type of people that you're, you're talking about. I mean, you're not what is the guy's name the the Head coach for who is it, Duke? Oh, basketball. Mike, Mike Chesapeake. Chesapeake. I mean, how, how, I know you Shizepki. can never pronounce Shizepki. his name. Chesapeake. Fuck. Chesapeake. Yeah. Is that it? Chesapeake. Yep. I mean, great. How, how many years has this man been the head coach of this basketball organization? Oh, well,
0: and, and not only that, you know, he, he went to West Point.
1: Uh,
0: he coached at West Point with Bobby Knight. And then, mm. you know, he's been an Olympic
1: coach as well yeah i mean you're not the coach of a you know a first class ncaa division one basketball program that's continually year in and year out in contention for a spot in the final four without obviously knowing something about leadership especially when you're leading young men well and, Um, and, and i will
0: say part of the mantra of this character uh, when they ask him about like just being a coach is like, you know, I'm not, uh, he's not there to coach the X's and O's. Cause they're all, ten- they, and he's coaching a professional soccer team. Right. So it's like, they got there, they're there where they're at on their merit of being great athletes. But he's like, these are young men, you know, that, that I'm trying all I'm, my job as a coach is to make sure that they're being the best you as possible. That's yeah, that's sure. my, that's
1: my job. Yep. No. And that's, I mean, that's what, uh, again, when I was active duty, that was one of the biggest things that we used to talk about with leading young Marines. It wasn't about, you know, leadership of young Marines only goes so far as them being good Marines. It was about them being better citizens. Yeah. that's that's what we're developing as a better citizen that we're going to be able to turn back over to society and through our leadership and our guidance we make society better because we're providing these young men and women uh you know with with their experience and so forth i mean so i mean again it's you know uh, some folks who haven't been connected to the military might see it a certain way but it really is all interconnected i mean Leadership is leadership. It doesn't matter whether you're you, whether you're leading, you know, a, a sports organization, a military organization, or a business organization. I mean, that's you see these businesses that have that have just thrived, for, you know, throughout the years. That doesn't just happen, and it's not just money. I mean, the, the, you you look at it, an organization like Apple. There you go just said it again <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> or, Apple. or you know or i mean, amazon or or any of these well so i i legendary think the, organizations.
0: The, the the really risky one like the one that just kind of like is like wow is tesla i would say elon musk sure yep you know what I mean? like because you know a year ago it's like oh tesla's going down it's going under you know and oh, yeah. then it's like something else happens and now you like you know i saw a list he's like number number 10 on the the u.s billionaires list you know right um yeah. but yeah it's it like you know oh I'm, I'm gonna launch a car with a robot into space right yeah <laughs> you know or yeah or it's a matter of like no we're going to mars and,
1: and you know we're gonna do it and spacex well, and, think- and like yeah and that's and that's what i said and that you're 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 using an an excellent probably one of the best examples out there right now just in in an individual like elon musk uh, what you obviously have is is a visionary and for him you hear these cliches all the time but for him know or can't or won't or you know these these types of words are not in his vocabulary yeah we're, we are going to do this we're going to make this happen one way or the other and i think that it's it's also somebody who very obviously is is genuinely interested in the in the small details of things And thinking outside the box. I mean, we talked about it way back when they launched that rocket up to the International Space Station. Yep. And just hearing him on the television talking about the design of the actual spacesuits that these astronauts were gonna wear up there. You would expect about it.
0: You would think that the person who's like who's in charge of all this would know that. But not I know that not every,
1: you know, Uh, owner is that hands-on. Exactly. And that was the thing, is that he, he specifically said that that was a part of the program that he had a genuine personal interest in, because he understood that the way that these suits looked, not just how they functioned, but how they looked had to be appealing to young people, because that was an important facet of what they were preparing to do, was that it had to be something that would inspire a new generation of young people to become interested in getting involved in the space business, you know, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that, that, you what do these young kids associate with space? They associate star Wars and all this sort of sci-fi thing where these suits that these characters wear and so forth. I mean, you looked at those space suits, those spacesuits that those astronauts wore. They look like something that could have been straight out of Star Wars or, or something yeah. of, the, you know, of the like so. of, a, of a newer sci fi instead of. Right. Exactly. It, was, it could have been a character from a sci fi. They've
0: they've used they've literally used I was watching. They've they've used the same spacesuits since the 80s, mm. like the ones that people have that use and train right now were built in the 80s because one, they're so expensive. And two, yeah, and so like when you have people that are smaller, uh, they don't mm-hmm. fit right, and yeah, I mean, but NASA doesn't really have a
1: a big budget right now, so you well, know, Well, yeah, I mean, they're I, I thought that was the other thing that was interesting watching that whole thing with the the what was that Dragon X or something like that? Yeah, was the name they're the, they're was hitching the rides. They're hitching rides. Oh, they are. It was just if the one of the things that I found very interesting was an explanation of sort of where nasa's going right now and the fact that nasa is very obviously turning lower earth orbit into they're turning that over to the commercial sector
0: well they need because to get, they're not they, they need to get waste management up there because there's so many well i know satellites I know. Well, and there's and there's
1: devices, there's there's devices, and I think it was Elon Musk himself, I think, who had his company had been developing a device that would be able to get launched up there that almost acts like a like a net of some kind that actually captures a lot of this space junk and just pulls it back down to Earth, Um, you know, burns up in the atmosphere, I guess, whatever. But you know the 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 role of NASA. Because of, like you say, with their limited budget and so forth, they their focus is becoming very narrow. And their focus is no longer about taking people to the International Space Station to conduct scientific research. Their focus is, at this point anyway, as I understand it, is to get somebody back to the moon and to be able to use the moon as a testing ground where they can try to develop effective means of being able to put people into space for very extended periods of time with the aim being to eventually get to Mars. Yeah,
0: do you remember uh, do you remember the biodome?
1: Oh yeah. Do you
0: remember Honor, is that yeah. is is that still going on?
1: I think I think that is. I think that is in some way in some Hasn't that I'm been sure like
0: anything. 20 or 30 Since.
1: years? Yeah. I think that that thing was probably the biodome 90s? probably must have been the yeah, around nineteen ninety maybe because, and because I think that there's I think there's been versions of that probably since the nineteen sixties. No, it's I know, not but as, not as but, dedicated as
0: the biodome was. Right, the one that actually like forced the movie with Polly Shore. Well, yeah,
1: the people, yeah, right, <laughs> but but <I laughs> along wonder... with the, right that was right that was right after Encino Man.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> but really, I I wonder if that is still a thing and it's just still the same people that went in there.
1: No, 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 no. I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's like that. I think that's what I'm saying is that I think that initially the idea was that these people were going to like, I don't know, surrender their lives or something and just dedicate themselves to living in this self-contained thing. Out in the desert. It was out in the desert. Right. Exactly. But I think, I think that over time it almost turned into, it almost turned into like the, the you know the the terra firma version of the International Space Station. I think I think people rotate in and out oh, okay. of it. You but know, so they pe- you, people you live they in were there. there now.
0: But, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, right. They probably have a waiting list pretty damn long at this point. Yeah. You know? But yeah. yeah I think that's kind of how it rolls. But then again, it, I don't think it's one of those things where I don't think that it's one of those things where just anybody could go. It's it's almost like being an astronaut. You've got to have some sort of a skill or, you know, some sort of a scientific background or whatever uh, to, to get in there and conduct whatever. I mean, I think that's the thing that was wild about them talking about what they do up on the, on the International Space Station these days. That whole thing is being driven by, you know, that whole thing is being driven by, uh nothing more than uh scientific research yeah and, and some of the stuff that they're doing they're talking about growing organs up there for people and all sorts of crazy trash i i think it'll be interesting to see what happens when you actually start putting i mean can you imagine taking people and putting them on the moon for like a year i mean we're already putting people in a zero zero gravity environment in in space for like a year i mean some of these people have been up there forever what's,
0: what's weird it's the uh, uh the the twins that are astronauts and one of them is married to the senator gabby gifford i think oh yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. the two the two brothers oh then, that's right know, i
1: forgot that they were twins
0: yeah and then they you know one of them went and spent like a significant amount of time in the space station they've been doing experiments yep. like how did that change and
1: genetically they've they've separated a little bit because of it sure well, and that's the thing I mean that I know that I know that when we talk about the whole like "Hey, let's go to Mars thing, that's one of the greatest fears that you have is is that you're so far away from help, you're so far away from home and so far away from assistance from anyone
0: it sounds like the Marine Corps. All
1: well, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. You're literally. You're, you're, you're so far from home. You're so far from help. Ah. I took your cell phone. <laughs> Snort sand now, maggot.
0: No, no, no I but, mean. But, but I mean, you're literally talking about like every explorer, you know. No, uh, that's in true. The no, 1700s. you have hundreds.
1: That's a great point. I mean, <laughs> you look at a guy. We, we I think we probably talked before about the whole thing with Lewis and Clark. Yeah, oh yeah. To to me it's almost when you know for folks who are listening to the show, who by the way thanks for tuning in and listening to us run our sucks. Uh to me one of the most amazing things about the core of discovery with Lewis and Clark was the fact that this was a 3-year expedition that traveled by riverboat, essentially canoe, uh and up the Missouri River and over the rockies all the way to the pacific northwest and all the way back to st louis it took a 3 years to complete this journey and didn't lose a single person
0: yeah could you imagine
1: like that's crazy today i'm going to walk around for 3 years yeah i'm going <laughs> to walk and and not only am i walking for 3 years i'm walking through i'm going to go to a place that so far as we know no one's been before there's no maps all that we have to rely on is the advice of people indigenous people who live in the area who number one hopefully don't kill us and hopefully are kind enough to actually help us out and show us which way to go to get to where we're going I mean that's crazy you can't even imagine that today. We live in a world where there's sounds any- like I mean, that sounds like Kansas to me. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Kansas to me. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean what is what is honestly, what is what is the only frontier that you got left in the world is like the ocean. And well, I mean when with, that, with, that is pretty wild. But yeah, yeah, because we have we dare dare not, you know, explore the ocean. Well, we can't. I mean, we, as crazy as it is, I mean, we virtually have no means to be able to do it on any sort of a, a, a large scale. When I mean, we have devices. I mean, back in the 60s, what was that thing called? The Nautilus or whatever that they dropped down into like the Marianas Trench. You know oh, what I'm no. talking about? You know who holds the record? Here's a fun
0: fact factotum. Factotum. Can I, can I get the factotum? Yeah, absolutely. Ding, 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 ding. Who?
1: Da 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 da
0: the record, like who's been the deepest in a in mm-hmm. a in a manned in a
1: manned uh underwater vehicle,
0: who is the person that ha-
1: holds the record? I can't remember what their names are. I know I've seen stuff nope. on television about it, but there's two guys. Nope, it's one person. No. What? And, and it's it's the it's only Jacques it's... Cousteau. Nope. There's a blast from the past. It's James
0: Jacques Cousteau. James Cameron, the director. What? Yeah. Stop. He was piloting, yep, when he was looking for the Titanic. I know, it, it may have been something else, but yeah, he's, I read that, and I was like, holy shit. Really? Are you sure?
1: Yeah. Because there Look was that, that, there There was that there was that there was that naval submersible that they had dropped down into like the Marianas Trench back in like 1965 or something like that. It had like two dudes in it. And they dropped them on. I, I mean, God, you can only imagine it was like and this is like six six miles down in the ocean or some ridiculous thing. And of course, it takes hours to get them all down there. You get them both down there because of the, you know, the bends, whatever. The bends. Yeah. Uh, no, and because like they get down.
0: He, he. So Cameron became the first person to perform a solo descent to the bottom of the Mariana. Trend.
1: Uh, so he was the first person. A solo descent.
0: Yeah, the deepest part of it. Yeah, he went to the bottom in 2012.
1: <laughs> he went to the drain. Yep. <laughs> he took it to the balls.
0: Ball. I wonder if he's got a tattoo that says "balls deep."
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
0: He's probably the only person that could have
1: that. Te- he is the only yeah, right, Exactly. he's the only person. <laughs> he can only, he's the only one who can ever have that. Yep. He's the only one who could ever in history have that. Yep. Population oh one. Population one. <laughs> no, it's crazy, man. James I mean Cameron. Yeah. Dude, that's just it, that's crazy. I mean, it's like I say, when those dudes back in the 60s went down there, I, I remember seeing this documentary they were talking about. It was like National Geographic or something. And they're talking about this thing getting down there, and of course, on the way down, you can hear this thing like creaking. Oh yeah, and and bending because of the pressure and everything. And they get down there to the bottom, get to the bottom, and it's nothing. It's just like silt. There's, all the, there's no yeah.
0: All there's the, nothing all alive fish down there. are Transparent.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. There's like there's just nothing there. Yeah. They're translucent. They just they have like well, and that was the thing because if James Cameron did that, was he the director of um, Titanic? No. What was was, that movie? Why no Avatar? No, the movie. uh, I'm just going over his Alien. I mean, what was what was that movie? (laughs) What was that movie that? that Oh, that's really Scott.
0: That was really Scott.
1: It was a it was a deep sea oil drilling platform. And these these Navy SEALs went down there because there was like a uh, there was like a a Russian sub or something that had that had had sunk, and they mm. decided they had to go down there to get these nuclear warheads. The whole thing is that they ended up discovering. Is this a Steven Seagal
0: survival. fucking movie?
1: No. <laughs> I like know a- somebody listening to this show knows what this movie is. Um, God, <laughs> that's gonna drive me. It's uh, not the trench, not the void. It would they, they a... end up, they end up encountering these deep sea creatures that are like a almost extraterrestrial in this whole thing, and they are like, like you say, they're almost translucent. Yeah, and they light up and everything. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't. This is typical. It's typical for this show. <laughs> it's typical for this show. I swear, was someone giving me shit? Having... No, I get myself shit, dude. Because we do this show, and I swear to God, my brain just all of a sudden goes into shutdown. anytime I gotta recall anything on this program, I'm like, ab, 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 ab. who's the hmm, a Rask? <laughs> like, what the hell? Why like, can't I forget? Okay, here we go. Deep sea movies. See, this is what I end up having to do because I'm ridiculous. Uh, more movies. The Abyss. The Abyss. You almost got The the Trench, The Abyss. The, the Trench, The Void, the whatever. The Abyss. Same idea. Was that James so, yeah. Cameron? I don't... Let me see. Who did... Who who did The Abyss? <laughs> hmm, who was the director for The Abyss? Director Abyss hmm let me see oh this is hold on one second now i gotta get see this we're gonna see how how many how many megs do i have how, what is how fast is my stuff um yeah james cameron
0: okay it was it?
1: see that's why i thought because when you were talking about him doing the solo when you were talking about him doing the deep dive That's automatically what I was thinking. I was like, I guarantee you, he probably did that whole thing because he wanted to be able to research to do The Abyss. Just like he did when he did the freaking, uh, when he did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ah, research. You know what I'm talking about? James Cameron, he was the director. He directed uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and he had gone undercover as a high school student out of like a local l a high school somewhere, nobody knew who he was, and he enrolled himself basically as a high school student because he was going to do this movie, but he wanted it to be as accurate as possible, so in order to do that, he went to the school and you know sort of immersed himself in the current modern high school experience nice, dude, that's pretty crazy, I mean. Obviously he had to look damn young. I mean, I can't imagine i mean obviously you're not gonna go into you're not gonna go into some high school undercover and look like you're uh, you know look like you're thirty twenty one jump street <laughs> twenty one jump street there you go exactly so yeah everybody knows we,
0: Johnny Depp was in that one Rodney yes well, yeah. Rodney Pete's wife uh Holly. Robinson is she oh I'm thinking of
1: Amanda she... Pete Pe- isn't that the yeah that the other actress Did you ever see that movie uh the whole nine whole, yard whole, yeah nice yep oh, of course dude. I'm gonna remember <laughs> that freaking riot dude so funny I'll yeah, tell you I, gonna... a, a film that we actually saw last night that was was not in the comedic vein but was definitely uh Eye-opening, <laughs> eye-opening. We actually saw Clint Eastwood's latest venture from two thousand nineteen, Richard Jewell.
0: Oh. oh, what did you think about that? We saw Jewell. that it was
1: on, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Dude, it's a great film. I mean, it, it's obviously it's a it's a Clint Eastwood production. He's the director. He makes incredible movies. Uh, probably. And the acting, Kathy Bates is in it. She's awesome. Okay. Uh, probably Who's the, the most...
0: newspaper guy. Who's the newspaper person? Uh, he. Uh, is it is it Jason... Bateman? No, it's
1: not Jason. Bateman. No, 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 no. It's the girl who was in. Uh... Who's his lawyer? Who's his lawyer? I can't remember what that. Did. I'm not sure what that guy's name is. The 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 newspaper girl is the one who was in uh what was the uh, the the hospital drama with the guy who's got the cane house. You ever watch that yeah. show? Yeah, of course, yeah. He's she's really good-looking girl from from that show. Um and the lead FBI agent is the guy from Mad Men. Like the lead guy from the show Mad Men great great cast great movie the most disturbing facet of this film dude is seeing as time goes on i'm gonna i'm gonna be totally honest with you i have a really hard time uh as time goes on I, i i find myself losing a lot of faith in the federal bureau of Investigation. And I say that purely because I feel like as time is going on, we are seeing so many instances of miscarriages of justice in the name of implicating people quickly and providing the public with what they want, which is anytime a crime is committed, the American public wants someone implicated, charged, tried, And incarcerated right now for that thing that happened. And I feel like way too many times the FBI is more interested in satisfying that public desire for justice than to seek actual justice. And when you see the way that they manhandled or tried to manhandle this man, Richard Jewell, and his family his, him and his mother it's just it's absolutely despicable it's despicable i mean the things that they when they are doing things like because i'm not going to give you i'm not going to give away the whole movie we all know what happened because it's it actually happened 1990s for for folks who don't remember listen to the show 1996 the atlanta olympics there was a pipe bomb that went off in centennial park and the media and the FBI tried to, to, to falsely implicate uh, Richard Jewell, who was a security guard at the Atlanta Olympics, and claimed that he was the one who was responsible because he wanted to make himself look like a hero. Uh, years later, they actually found the guy who, who did this by the name of Eric Rudolph, who was one of these right-wing militia guys who had gone around the country blowing up abortion clinics and all that stuff. So they're, that's sort of the story. Uh, but when you see the methods that the FBI was using in, in an effort to make it look like Richard Jewell was guilty of this. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about instances where they are deliberately trying to separate himself physically from his legal representation. That they're trying to get his lawyer away from him so he can't give... Richard Jewell advice about what to say and do so that they, because Richard Jewell was you know, a well-meaning guy, but not the brightest light bulb in the box. Yeah. And they knew that and they knew in their minds, they're like, if we can just get him to say something then we can say that he did this thing. Without even having any evidence, if we can just get him to somehow implicate himself then we've got our guy. And I mean, it was just ridiculous. These various, inc- essentially, like trying to get him to sign stuff. You know, trying to get him to to do voice recordings, to try to match his voice up with recordings that they had from the actual bomber who had called the Atlanta PD to tell them there was a bomb in the park. I mean, it just it's it's absolutely crazy when you see And it just got me thinking, as I'm watching this and I'm getting towards the end, and thankfully, this guy, who was obviously innocent, was never charged. I mean, his life was ruined, at least for a time. Uh, you're talking about not – we see it every day on the, in the media. You see it every day, these people who – public opinion or whatever has put these people in a position where their lives are, are trashed. They can't go outside. They can't conduct themselves in a normal fashion without being assailed by all of these media types. Who are asking them the most ridiculous, obnoxious, disgusting questions? Um, And it just got me thinking. It got me thinking about, you know, it got another another series that was on uh, Paramount that was incredible. Was Waco? Oh Um, yeah. Ever watched? Oh my lord, man! Watch it! I lived it. I was in Irving. I was three hours away
0: when that shit was going. We watched it in high school on TV as it was going down live.
1: It's it was crazy. I was in
0: art class. I remember and our art teachers, was like somebody knocked on the door and said, OK, well, um, we're going to turn this on because there's something going down that's really big in Waco. So then they turned it on and we're watching this shit as it's going down.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and the, and the fact that I mean, the fact that you had in Waco and don't get me wrong, anybody who's out there listening to the program, do not get me wrong i 'm not necessarily defending the branch Davidians because I think that there were some things going on there that were nefarious and and shouldn't have been going on, but that was hearsay and there were not you know what they what these a t f guys did the reason they were there i mean in that in that series you see in, you see an instance where ATF agents go to a local gun shop in Waco where David Koresh has been buying and selling weapons because this is what the branch D- Davidians were doing to make money. They yeah, they had weapons there and all the rest of that. But the reason the point that the, the reason why they were selling this stuff was because they were doing it to make money. They're this group of people living out in the middle of nowhere. This is a means of making cash. And these atf guys show up at the gun shop they're talking to the owner and they're asking him like so i mean has he come in here have they have they done anything illegal have they purchased anything illegal and the gun shop owner's like no i mean everything that they've ever bought from me or sold to me was totally legal and the gun owner gets or, I think that was what happened. I can't, I don't know if he called David Koresh, or it just so happened that when the ATF agents were there, David Koresh called the gun store. And so he has him on the phone and he says to him, Hey, I'm just letting you know that there are some guys from the ATF who are here asking questions about you. And David Koresh is like, Well, I mean, put him on the phone, I'll talk to him. And the gun owner or the shop owner is like, you know, he's here on the phone. You guys want to talk to him? These ATF guys are like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to we're not going to do that. And next thing you know, you've got ATF agents who assault this complex full of men and men, women and children. <laughs> they just they go into this place guns blazing, man. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, at what point did anybody say, at what point was anybody going to be like, you know, maybe we should just go up to the front door and knock. And be like, uh, yeah, um, you know, we, we're hearing some things and we've got a search warrant. So you either let us in or there's going to be trouble. At no point does anyone do that. It's just like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to surround this place and we're going to assault it and just start shooting. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. And, and like you just said, dude, you're sitting in class watching this happen. You're watching people burn to death. Just, uh, I, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah the, the, all the, that the image
1: the image from that
0: and that they showed on TV was the one guy on the roof outside the outside the window the agent getting shot at and he's kind of hiding there on top on
1: on the roof oh yeah yep and you're seeing bullet holes just pop up in the wall you know cuz you've got these you watch that show you watch that paramount feature and you see these people who are inside the compound who are yelling to the agents. Like, they're yelling to them, like, there's women and children in here. There's women and children in here. You know, whatever. And these dudes are just like, well, we're just going to roll up, man. <laughs> like, what? This That's crazy. And that was the initial assault. And this is, what was it, 51 days or some trash like that, that this siege happened out there? And all of a sudden, they go in and they attack this place with tanks and you know, and all of a sudden they're like, oh no, there's smoke. What is that? Well, I mean, it's, I don't know. It could be the fact that you're throwing incendiary rounds into this complex. I just, oh God, it's just ridiculous. Like I guess say, but a great film, really worth watching, man. Richard Jewell, excellent film. I'm, I have not been disappointed by, you know, any of the stuff that, that Clint Eastwood has put out there. And it's amazing to me that the man is still alive. He's like 90 something years old, I think. Um, we actually watched the one before that that we had seen a number of months ago was The Mule. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, no, yeah, that's uh, great. Ins- incredible film. And the great thing is that he actually, he's he hasn't just directed, but he stars in it. Um, he's sort of the main character of the film, but just awesome. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think that obviously someday these people are going to be gone and you're just going all, all to, all that the will remain of them is their, their body of work that for a guy like Clint Eastwood, you've been, we've, we've all been watching since what the early the 1960s or something. 60s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which brings me to not to, not to to bring this up early in the, in the program today. Um, but to new music Monday, Da-da-da! new music Monday. Nice. Um, yeah. My new music Monday. Uh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan with a release in 2020 uh, I, it's, I, it's,
0: I, I I read about it but have not
1: listened to it it's long it's he a track that he released uh, uh murder most foul is the name of the, the name of the song he it's not not so much melodic the music is very complex and and really tight uh but it really it makes reference to that whole scene that was going on across the United States in the nineteen sixties. With I think a lot of it, you know, and and I, he's obviously an icon of the of the of the era. Uh, with so many so many songs that he wrote, I mean, Jimi Hendrix used to travel around with a Bob Dylan songbook under his arm. Uh, <laughs> because he's he's so highly regarded bob dylan as an as an artist and 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 a lot of people have i mean you've seen so the, the list of artists that have covered bob Dylan's selections is endless uh i will tell you that i did see dylan live in 93 i think it was 93 94 uh he 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 opened up i'll say it was a it was a double bill because i can't I refuse to believe that bob dylan would be opening for anyone uh double bill him and santana okay uh santana unbelievable if you've never have you ever had the chance to see carlos santana nope no it is a spiritual experience dude i mean he literally i mean he's such a spiritual figure And when he's performing live, he's really like the way he's communicating with the audience. He's really pulling you into this this sense that what you're part of here is beyond just music, that this is about people sharing this moment and all these all this stuff. And his backing band is always first rate. I mean, his backing band was unreal. Uh, I'm not going to say as much about Bob Dylan as the first one to hit the stage that night. The band was uh, And I know that Bob Dylan is, like I said, I know that he is an icon of American music. I couldn't understand a damn word he said. <laughs> the entire show. You know oh, why? Show, you, have,
0: you have to you have to be in connection no. with this stream of consciousness.
1: I don't know what it was. I think it had something to do with the fact that uh his voice sounded like uh a sawzall <laughs> the entire night i literally was i'm like what's he saying what does that what does that mean i don't know what that means it's like wheezing or something i don't know what's going on because even at that point Bob, him. well i mean even at that point he wasn't a young man i mean we're talking this is 30 years ago Almost thirty years ago. I mean can you imagine seeing Bob Dylan live today? Okay. Well you say almost thirty years ago
0: he was in his fifties. If I can't fucking talk and make a syllable sounds, syllabic
1: sounds (laughs) at age fifty there's a problem. At age fifty, good luck when you're Mm eighty. Good luck when you're eighty. But how did it communication is just gonna become facial expressions. And say what?
0: How did it sound then? Because
1: he's he's got a well, that's what I'm saying is that the vocal was not necessarily melodic. the The vocal is more almost uh, Lou Reedish. It's more sing song. Yes, like sing, like sing song. Yes, no, like spoken, spoken word. Like you know, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said hey sugar. Take a walk on the wild side. I mean, that's what I mean by Lou Reed. Dude, he's 79, right? So 30 years ago, he would have been 49. That's only four years away from where I'm at right now. Right, I know. And you're certainly more coherent and well-spoken than... I mean, I didn't... Yeah. (laughs) You're doing all right compared to Bob.
0: And I've only done like point zero 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 one (laughs) percent of
1: drugs that he (laughs) had... and I've only lived like 5% of the life that he has. Yeah. Well, that yeah. may not be true, but you know, I don't know. By by the age 50, Bob Dylan lived a lot of freaking life. I'll, yeah, You can count on that. I'll tell you another artist though, that I don't think gets enough credit and is actually more steeped <clears> in <throat> that whole American folks, folk, uh, folk music movement. Uh, but very similar to Bob uh, Dylan is freaking Arlo Guthrie. You know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Dude, his family, like the Guthrie family, when it comes to American folk music, I mean, his his father was a a cornerstone of the the modern America. I say modern American, we're talking like twentieth century uh modern American folk music movement. Uh and he had some great tunes, man. I mean, freaking Alice's restaurant. I mean, that's that's an iconic tune. A legendary song. Uh, what is the uh, freaking... Coming into Los Angeles, bringing in a couple of keys. Don't touch my bags, if you please, Mr. Customs Man. Oh! I don't came in. You, you see know the Mr. tune I'm Customs talking Customs Man, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's Arlo Guthrie. Uh, yeah, so like I say, all of that same vein uh and, and Bob Dylan obviously was part of that same sort of you know American folk uh modern folk move uh you know but like I say it's it's dude it's it, I just think that it's cool that you're talking about a dude who's 79 freaking years old and he's still releasing music and it's like considered uh, a, a huge thing I mean yeah I get that he's sort of talking and whatever but to be 79 years old and releasing music and it's coming out to the masses and still accepted and sort of revered. I mean, that's, I guess that's what happens when, you know, you've assumed like Mick Jagger status and I don't know, that dude's going to probably end up rolling around till he's a hundred years old and I'm convinced that they're filling Keith Richards' veins with formaldehyde and somehow it's not killing him. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you know what I'm saying, man. I mean, you know, Keith Richards, you realize Keith Richards one time What was it? To travel from the U.S. back to Britain. I think that's how that worked. I don't know what year this was. This was back in like the late 60s, early 70s, something like that. That he had to get a freaking blood transfusion. And I know this is probably the stuff of urban legend, rock and roll legend. But had to get a blood transfusion. Because they had determined that he had so many illegal substances in his bloodstream that they considered it drug trafficking. <laughs> can, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You're like, you're going to get on a plane. They're like, nope, I don't think so. Not today, sir. And, the, and your manager's like, well, that's okay. We're going to go to the blood bank. We're going to clean you up. We're going to clean you up to put you on the plane to go home. Wow. Only wow. to. Yeah. That's just wow. <laughs> that's insane insane. The man I, I, has to have made a deal with somebody, dude, because I don't even know how the man continues to... And then he starts in major motion pictures. He's in like one of the freaking Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Crazy. I mean, he's, how did he's you he even? How'd you, how you even give him lines in a film like that? Is he, just, like, is he, is he coherent enough to talk, or he just sort of like just, drools yeah. and mumbles his way through whatever he's got and... Right, it's, it's like the Spinal
0: Tap, you know. It's just like, hey, just, just make it. You're a pirate, uh, right? You're you're always drunk, <laughs> right? This is your son. Just he's be, just be you. your footsteps, your footsteps, and then just be you. have a conversation. Just have a conversation.
1: Right. Except we're gonna freeform this. So we're gonna improv this. Okay. Just be you. Be you. Pretend he's your son. <laughs> no. uh, All right, mate. All right, mate. Get, go
0: back to when you actually lived in this time right
1: <laughs> <laughs> you remember when you were a pirate keith yeah you remember that
0: yeah you know, all
1: right all right mid mid <laughs> 1800s right exactly you remember the 1850s don't you all <laughs> right mate oh my god wow. so what do you got for us new music monday
0: mine is an oldie uh, from one of my bandmates, Anthony Rosano. Okay. Uh, and uh, he's like, "Dude, you got to check it out!" Like, because you know we play one of their tunes, "Funk 39 yeah. Uh James Gang live. That's like with um, Joe, Joe and the Eagles, Joe Walsh. Oh, Joe Walsh.
1: Yeah, yeah. James
0: Gang live, live at uh, where are they at?
1: At Carnegie Hall. At Carnegie, you shall play Carnegie Hall. Is it Carnegie yeah. Hall?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but there's a hole in the roof there, right? Is there? You know about the hole in the roof? The hole in the ceiling at at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, it is got, at Carnegie got, Hall. That the, the hole in the the roof above the stage that got the the ceiling got knocked out when the Beatles played there.
0: No.
1: Yeah, you go there and there's a there's a hole in the in the ceiling above the stage something i don't know it had something to do with lights or whatever something knocked out the ceiling above the stage it's like you go there and you look up and see like the hole that the beatles left in the ceiling of carnegie hall but
0: you know i always uh, like r- recorded music uh, as far as like studio albums or one thing but dude i always put my measurement of the band how they perform live as most musicians oh yeah do. no
1: obviously yeah
0: and uh, I'm telling you what, man, it's pretty badass. And they really they do, yeah, they they do uh, a cornucopia because you think, oh, James Gang is just like a 70s rock band, you know, and no, man, they break it down acoustic, they do super musical. Uh, you know, most people just know <laughs> like funk, Funk 49 or. Uh, what's that seems to me oh yeah 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 wanna think about it seems to be yeah 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 great tune yeah right yeah um but it's it's an amazing album amazing especially for the time you have to realize it was recorded in 1971 sure uh and you could just you know between their opener and how the set goes it's it's
1: just it's it's am gold that's AM Cold. <laughs> <laughs> not quite not not quite yacht rock. <laughs> not not quite. No. No. But but
0: yeah, no, it's it's good shit, man. Um That's cool. And and like you know, uh we're I'm sure you are too. Anybody that has something that's new music, uh post it on the Facebook page and we'll oh, yeah. check it out.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, absolutely. Check it out. No, I mean, like you say, if anybody's got anything, put it out there because I'd love to check out some new stuff anybody's got, you know, a line on. I'm always game. So, yeah, that's um, the weird
0: thing about, you know, these times is like no one's really there's not a whole lot of like bands recording. There's a lot of no. like individuals recording and putting stuff out. But even like with movies, you know, there's like I I we don't go out to the movie theater a lot unless it's like a a special release and then we just wait for Apple TV to release stuff, but they, they haven't released stuff because you know, they, I think a couple of things like trolls you know, we have kids like, they're like, okay, we're going to release the movie that should have gone out in the theaters and you have to pay like double the amount. Right. And it's like, you know, 30 bucks. Yeah. But if you think about it, you know, I have, well now seven, but six, kids that I'd have to pay for sure at a movie theater. Well yeah, that would be way more than 30 bucks. So you oh, know, yeah. at least the studio's making money.
1: Well you saw so. the, you know, when you're talking about these artists who are, you know, putting stuff out there, um, I don't know if you saw that post that I had put out. I think this was like last week. And it was Charlie Benante. Did you see? Oh that? yeah, yeah. Tagged you. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Oh no, I watched it. It's that's, man,
1: I just like, awesome. I, I don't think I. You know, sometimes you I just it.
0: watch that stuff and I don't comment. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Right,
1: but it's just it's incredible. Like, you know, he, as a as a, you know, Charlie Benante's, you know, sort of claim to fame is that he's the drummer for Anthrax, is regarded as like one of the big four of heavy metal thrash music, you know, whatever, what you, what a lot of folks fail to appreciate, unless you're really tuning in in these times, like you say, where people are not out there performing live, they're doing, they're, they're providing content via social media and that type of thing. Unless you're tuning into that, what you're really not appreciating is where these people are coming from as musicians. And simply because uh, they have have made a name for themselves or, or have a career an active career in a particular genre you know if you're not tuning in you don't realize that their their background and, and you and I both as musicians know this because I think we're all sort of the same in this regard and, and as as a performing musician your taste in music tends to be really eclectic and you listen to just this really wide variety of styles and genres and artists and things that if people knew you and they're like, oh, you play this kind of music, but then you talk about, oh, well, I listened to this and that and they'd be like, whoa, really? Wow. And it's the same thing for for Charlie, you know, he puts up this, he puts up a a video where he's playing with, and he's actually playing the drums and the guitar parts because he's actually written a lot of the music for Anthrax as a guitarist. Uh, but it's him working with Frank Bello, who's the bass player from uh, from Anthrax, and this other guy. And it's just it's really cool. They end up doing a they end up doing a a U two song, you know, from I think it's yep. like Joshua Tree. Yeah, and if you look at his original post, he really talk. He gives you some background as to like why this was so important to him and how floored he was by the Joshua Tree album. Um, I mean, it really, in, in a lot of ways, at least for U two at that time, was was really sort of the opus magnum, I guess, if you will, you know, of U two at that time. They had come from doing the unforgettable fire and
0: boy Boy, war and all that stuff had
1: grown up. And all of a sudden they came. I mean, Joshua tree was the album that blew them open as a a, a mega rock band.
0: I'm pretty sure the album that predates Joshua tree is unforgettable fire.
1: Right. I'm I'm barely certain of that. And then there's wide awake in America, which to me is one of my favorite albums by them. I mean I will say like and I and in my post that I put on social media I tagged you and my brother because I know you guys my brother's a huge YouTube fan. Yeah. Um and I know you are too. For me, I always loved listening to uh Wide Awake in America. There's a couple live tracks that are on that album that just are incredible. Um I mean Unforgettable
0: Fire has uh well and a lot of people like, because you had that weird, that's that weird era where it, it goes into Joshua Tree and then they go on Rattle and Hum and they make the movie Rattle and Hum. Oh, yeah,
1: sure. Yeah.
0: And, and it's kind of like a lot of some new tunes, some from Joshua Tree, some from right. Unforgettable Fire, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah.
1: And yeah, definitely- for me, it was, for a long time, for me, it was, it was uh, bad and a sort of homecoming.
0: Oh yeah, bad off of Wide
1: Awake in America, man! Holy the mackerel! bad
0: dude. bad on Rattle and Hum is probably my favorite version. of, yeah. of that team. Yeah, Yeah. great stuff.
1: And, so anyway, and, yeah.
0: So go ahead and and to start off, Rattle and Hum. See, like here we go. Like it start go on YouTube forever. Like they started off with Helter Skelter, you know? Oh yeah, sure. This is a song written by the Beatles. We're in it back. <laughs>
1: We'll steal that back,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the very next song, The Edge sings a song. Van yeah. Diemen's Land, you know, it's like, uh, well...
1: yeah, no, and I and I thought that honestly, like I say, the 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 video that I had shared, uh, of of you know Charlie Benante, the guy that he's got singing on that man, the it's, very it's. He has a great voice. His his voice really captures that that vocal sensibility of of Bono. Yeah. You know. The
0: the very first really, guitar really cool. pedal uh that that I ever and it was given to me by my godmother for my birthday uh thirteenth birthday was uh a digital delay, a Boss digital delay pedal, because I wanted to learn all the
1: licks. Yep, Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, all that yep. stuff, dude. Oh, which yeah. is, to be honest with you, is really difficult to do.
0: Oh, you right, have to yeah. have impeccable created...
1: sense of time. Yep, he created. I mean, his he, own if, if Lisa, you're man. even a if you're even a fraction, if you're even a fraction of a second out of out of time utilizing that technique man it's it's a train wreck <laughs> so but hey for for folks who are out there listening to the show thanks for tuning in checking us out and uh Thursday uh we'll have what's the last thing you watched on YouTube I hope everybody I probably uh, reached
0: out to our sportsman
1: yeah we were thinking about that too we'll get it maybe potentially get an update so uh so if nacho's we- out there Nacho, you're listening. Ding, ding. Uh, you, you might want to make yourself available at around uh, 4 o'clock Eastern. Football training uh, camps
0: have started.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed. And at the Stanley Cup, the, uh, yes. they finally got into the I elimination.
0: Saw the Bruins. The Bruins uh, how did they, they – they had a game the other day.
1: Yep, we uh, – we actually, we, we got through the round robin series or phase of the, the Stanley Cup here, uh, which I was worried about because initially the bees did not look good at all, uh, made our way up into the next level, which is actual tournament style. Uh, we've got a seven game series right now with the Hurricanes. I believe that we are, I think we're two games to none leading the Hurricanes, uh, my biggest pro- biggest thing concern is Tuka Rask, because Tuka Rask decided that he's pulling himself out of the Stanley Club, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, family stuff, I guess. I don't know what's going on, but he decided that he's not going to continue to play. So, uh, at least until next year. But we'll see. Keep on going. Uh, we'll talk. We can talk more about that. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on. Uh, with uh, professional sports right now and trying to make things happen. So for the yeah. folks who are out there listening to the program again, thank you so much for your support. Tell your family, tell your friends, and we'll see you on Thursday. Talk Later, to you soon, ma'am yep. Later.